Brought to you by JMR Rentals, professional digital cinema and broadcast equipment rentals in Brooklyn, New York. JMRNY.com. Hello and welcome to No Rest for the Weekend, where we go behind the scenes and talk to the creators of independent entertainment. I'm Jason Godby, and today on the program, we're bringing you another camera review. We're taking a look back at the Canon C100 Mark II. So that piece of video that you saw at the top of the show, that was shot on the C100 Mark II. And for those of you who listen to the podcast, you may want to watch this episode just because we'll be featuring more footage from the camera that you can't see through a podcast app. So if you want to watch this episode, you can always find them on our website, norestfortheweekendpodcast.com. They're also available on YouTube at youtube.com slash getbehindtherabbit. So why are we reviewing this camera? It's an old camera at this point, but is it still worth it? Could you, could you still use it for your projects? Should you perhaps buy or maybe even rent a C100 Mark II? Well, let's take a look at it. Uh, the camera market has been crazy as of late. Uh, recently, Canon has launched so many cameras, it's hard to keep up with, including new uh, cinema line cameras, the C300 Mark III, the C500 Mark II, the C70, also the 1DX Mark III, the R5, the R6. I think there's going to be an R3 soon. There are so many cameras on the market, but a lot of them are really expensive. So we wanted to take a look at this older camera to see if it might be a good budget option for you. For this review, we wanted to give the C100 a real world test. Uh, we took it to Brooklyn Bridge Park and Dumbo, places where you can get great views of Manhattan here in Brooklyn. All the video that you're gonna see during this segment is shot on the C100 Mark II, with the exception of the video of the C100 Mark II. For that, we use the OSR. So uh, without further ado, to give us a rundown on the C100 Mark II is a friend of the show, talented actor and creator, Miss Taylor Coriel. I'm Taylor Coriel for No Rest for the Weekend, and here are some facts and specs on the Canon C100 Mark II. The C100 Mark II was released in late 2014 as an upgrade to the C100, the little brother of the Canon Cinema line. It features a number of upgrades from its predecessor, including an articulating OLED screen, a bigger and better EVF, and the ability to shoot at 60 frames per second. The C100 Mark II features a super 35mm CMOS 4K sensor that downsamples to 1080p and it records in a number of picture profiles, including Canon Log. The dual SD card slots allow you to record to both cards simultaneously for redundant recording, and it can record to a separate device via the HDMI output. It also allows you to shoot in both AVC-HD and MP4 codecs. The EF lens mount is compatible for both EF and EFS lenses, and there are three built-in ND filters. The display includes features such as focus peaking, zebras, and audio metering. To access these features, there are dedicated buttons on the side of the camera that are easily accessible. For audio, the C100 features a built-in microphone along with two XLR inputs on the top handle for 16-bit audio recording and a headphone jack for monitoring sound. In fact, all the audio for this segment was recorded on the C100. I'm Taylor Coriel for No Rest for the Weekend, and that's the rundown on the Canon C100 Mark II. To give you some of my personal background on these cameras, so. I've used Canon Cinema Line cameras. I've used the 100, the 200, and the C300. 
most of the shoots that I've done with it have been more kind of videography gigs, shooting events, uh, shooting panel discussions, interviews, that kind of thing. But I do have a sense of, of how the camera works and, and how it would handle. And then I took it out for a week to get a better sense of it and shoot, you know, try to get some more cinematic type footage. So they all function pretty similar. Some of the stuff I'm gonna say might go for cinema cameras or the C-Line in general from Canon, but um, I wanted to give you what I thought of the camera and break it down, starting with form factor. I was never really a fan of the form factor of the Canon cinema cameras. They're a bit like holding a football. Now I grew up with shoulder mount cameras and handy cams, and I found the Canon cinema line to be a bit too big and a bit too small at times. But now that I've spent some time with the C100, I've been coming around to it. All the buttons are easily accessible. It's a modular camera. The top handle and the hand grip are both removable, so you can fly it on a gimbal or a drone. It gives you multiple record buttons, which is great. Uh, no matter how you hold this thing, you can always hit record. It does get heavy after a while if you're hand holding it, especially if you're used to smaller, lighter cameras. The screen. Although the screen is a real improvement from the Mark I, I still had trouble seeing it in the bright sunlight. I found myself unable to see it, even with the brightness all the way up. The biggest improvement is the flexibility of the screen. Being able to rotate it is great if you're filming yourself or if you're shooting high or low angle shots. The biggest drawback is that it's not a touch screen. The electronic viewfinder was a lifesaver in the bright sunlight. It's not as great as other EVFs like on the EOS R or other mirrorless cameras, but it does work pretty well. If you're using this camera for a movie shoot where you have time to build it out, you may want to use an external monitor. The menu system. The menu system on the Canon C100 is pretty intuitive. I watched a couple of tutorials on the camera and figured it out without too much effort. It's not as complicated as a Sony menu, but it's not simple like the Blackmagic Pocket 6K. I found it fairly easy to navigate. Like most Canon menu systems, it has a favorites tab where you can plug in the settings that you want to use and get to the most. Frame rates and resolution. As Taylor mentioned, this is a 1080p camera. It has a 4K sensor, but the output is still 1080. And it's really nice looking footage. I still prefer Canon Color Science to most other brands out there. Sony Color has improved over the years, but I still find Canon Color to be the best. Unlike the Mark I, this camera does shoot in 60p, which for me is the biggest deal breaker on the Mark I. I shoot a lot of B-roll in 60p, and I feel this should be in every camera minimum for slow motion. Shutter speed versus shutter angle. I talked about this in my review of the BMPCC 6K, but the one thing I liked about that camera was the ability to shoot with shutter angle over shutter speed. Using the 180 degree shutter angle is easy in the C100, and I like not having to change shutter speeds all the time. Autofocus. The autofocus on the C100 is pretty decent. This was the beginning of Canon's dual pixel system. I didn't really have too many issues with it, but I really wish it had something like face tracking or a touch to focus. The focus is right in the center. So if whatever you're focusing on isn't in the center, it might go in and out. I found it focusing on the wrong thing at times. And all in all, probably shouldn't rely on it too much, except for basic functions when you're gonna have your subject in the middle of the shot. It works decent. I can't really complain about it, but I do wish it had those other features. Image stabilization. Like the BMPC 6K, there is no image stabilization in this camera. Most cinema cameras don't have IS, and that's fine, but this camera has weight to it, which makes it easy to steady. Canon makes quite a few lenses with built-in image stabilization, which can help a lot. 
picture profiles, and color space. I think the colors on the C100 are pretty stellar right out of camera. It has C-Log, but for some reason it's not called C-Log in the menu. It's just called Cinema. It also has a wide dynamic range profile, both of which give you optimum dynamic range and are easy to color correct. Battery life. We shot for a half a day with the C100 and we didn't need to change batteries once. In fact, we barely put a dent in it. The battery life is amazing and we weren't even using the extended batteries. That's just the standard battery. Battery life is stellar on this camera. So how well does this camera compare? How does it compare with newer mirrorless cameras with other cinema cameras? Does it hold up? Uh, let's take a look at how it stacks up against something like the EOS R. A little bit of a different animal. It's a mirrorless camera. So the EOS R is full frame. It shoots 4K video in 24 frames per second, shoots up to 60 frames per second in full HD. It's a mirrorless camera, so it's a lot smaller and lighter than the C100. It has focus peaking and has a better autofocus system, I would say, than the C100. It retails for $1799, and I've seen it for about $1600, $1650 or so used or refurbished. The advantage of using a smaller mirrorless camera like the OSR, it's very portable, it's light, it has a small footprint, you don't need a big tripod to support it, it's easily mounted on gimbals, the video quality is great, probably its biggest advantage over the C100 is the fact that it shoots 4K, but it's not a true video camera. Some of the advantages of using a cinema camera like the C100 are the video features. Things like, you know, you get focus peaking, but it also has zebras. It also has built-in ND filters, XLR inputs, being able to run sound directly into camera and not having to worry about carrying an external recorder and, and not having to worry about sync and post. These are all big advantages. We shot with the C100 and the EOS R together, both cameras in 1080p, video looked great, we shot everything in C-Log, and I had no trouble matching them. I think the quality is about equal. I didn't compare it to the uh, 4K on the C EOS R because I wanted to be apples to apples, but I thought they matched perfectly. I really didn't have to work hard to get them to look good together. Another advantage of a cinema camera as opposed to a mirrorless camera or a DSLR uh, it's the wow factor of the camera. Uh, when you're doing a client shoot and you have a cinema camera, it's just more impressive. You know, you're just going to get more respect on a gig. People will know that you're a professional shooting this thing with a professional video camera. When we were shooting with it, people actually stopped to talk to us about it. Uh, what is that camera? What are you shooting? Uh, one guy even wanted to have his picture taken with it. It's impressive. Now, this can also be a disadvantage at the same time. The camera has a bigger footprint. Uh, you'll need a bigger tripod, a bigger support system. Compared to other cinema cameras, the CO100 is pretty small, but it's a lot bigger and heavier and more cumbersome than a mirrorless camera. If you live in a city like New York and you don't have a car like me, you may not want to be schlepping this thing on the subway. It's going to be a lot harder. Using a camera like this will also get you noticed by officials. Uh, literally, as soon as we put sticks down with this thing, we had people asking us for a permit when we were trying to shoot in the park. Trying to be low profile, this is not the camera for that. If you're going to use a cinema camera, make sure to check and see if you need a permit, uh, depending on where you're shooting, because sooner or later, there will be people asking you for one. 
Another camera that we could compare to the C100 would be the Blackmagic Pocket cameras, the 6K and the 4K. Now we have the 6K Pro. We did a review of the 6K. It's on the website. We hope to get the 6K Pro soon to review. Obviously, you're getting more resolution with those cameras, but you are losing other features, things like autofocus that you would have on the C100. As far as price goes, the C100 Mark II, I've seen it new for $2,600. I've also seen it used for around 1600. If you're willing to sacrifice some features, you could even look at the C100 Mark I, which would be even less money. But ultimately, who's this camera for? Um, after spending some time with it, I, I do think it's a great camera. I think it's great for all kinds of filmmaking. You could definitely use it for documentary work. You could use it for shooting events. It's great for interviews and things like that. You know, if we were shooting red carpet again, if we ever get to do that, this would be a great camera to have for that. If you're doing talk to camera stuff and if you shoot for social media and YouTube, this is really all the camera you need if you don't need 4K. And, you know, I think if you were shooting something like weddings, this would be a great camera for that. I don't know if people need weddings in 4K because I don't shoot weddings, but uh, this could be the perfect camera. You could get it for a decent price, get an all-in-one camera, and it would literally be all the camera you need. If you're shooting for something like the big screen, like if you're going for movies, I don't know if I would use it. I, I've seen a feature shot on the C100, and it looked pretty good, but there are definitely better cameras out there for shooting cinema-type stuff. I think the footage looks really good out of the C100. I think we got some great images out of it. Uh, I think it holds up rather well considering how old it is. Is it as good as a C500 Mark II or a C300 Mark III or the bigger cameras like an Arri Alexa? No, no, it's not gonna compete with those cameras. It's an apples and oranges thing. You're not gonna get the same kind of dynamic range or the flexibility or the robust codecs out of that. But if you know what you're doing, you can still get some really nice images out of a C100. Should you buy a C100 Mark II? Uh, only you can determine what you need in a camera. You have to ask yourself, uh, you know, do you need 4K? Is it all about the image or do you need the audio features? And of course, uh, big question, what's your budget for a camera? I always suggest renting before you buy. This is pretty inexpensive to rent if you need it for a gig. And it's always good to try out a camera before you uh, start investing in one. Of course, everyone wants the newest, latest, greatest, best features, and they want to future-proof their cameras if that's possible. But not everyone can afford that. Uh, this camera has been around for six, seven years now. And I think, despite the fact that it's an 8-bit camera with no 4K, the image still looks pretty good. The image still holds up. But what did you think of this camera? Was this review helpful? Would you buy one in 2021? Are you thinking of buying or renting a camera for your next project? If so, which one? Is there an older model camera that you want us to look at and review and to see if it holds up? If so, you can tweet at us and let us know at BTR Productions, uh, or you can leave us a comment if you're watching this online. And that's all we got for you today. Thanks so much for taking this trip down the rabbit hole. For more of our content, including more gear and movie reviews, visit our website, norestfortheweekendpodcast.com. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Once again, I'd like to thank our sponsor, JMR Rentals. They're located here in Brooklyn. You can find them online at jmrny.com. I'd also like to thank Taylor Coriel and Brenda Betrayed Oliver for helping us out with this episode. And for Behind the Rabbit Productions, I'm Jason Godby. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.